Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Everybody, it's another version of Off Road Live. Yes, the outrage continues in 2016 with our friends Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Red Bull, Budweiser, and BajaSafari.com. The king of Baja. It is 2016, Monday, January 25th. And let's start off the day with John Stewart. John, hello. Hello, Mike. How are you doing? Excellent. Uh, just getting, uh, uh, you know, all the um, 
the setups for 2016 all lined up, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, another new racing year here in 2016. Uh, why don't you give a very brief introduction of yourself, and then we'll get right into the heart of the matter, uh, your uh, travels and work over the past couple of weeks, uh, John Stewart. Okay, uh, as Mike said, I'm uh, John Stewart. I have uh, wear several hats. One of them is I'm a natural resources consultant for the California Four-Wheel Drive Association. I'm also on the board of directors of the Blue Ribbon Coalition. And I am also the editor of a couple of websites dedicated to 4x4 activity and uh, off-road recreation. That would be 4x4wire.com is my primary one. And, you know, we... uh, if you've got a 4x4 and have uh, vehicle questions, there's forums for that. And I focus mainly on the uh, environmental and recreation issues and how they will impact your off-road recreation opportunities. Thank you very much, John. I uh, do appreciate your uh, uh, participation in the event today. Tell us a little bit about you know, what you'd like to talk about, your travels over the last couple of weeks. Well, I've uh, I do get around uh, different parts of the state on a regular basis, mostly Southern California. But this past uh, couple of weeks, I had a chance to get up into Central and Northern California and uh, attend the AMA District 36 Awards Banquet and also participate in a Cal Four Wheel uh, Winter Fun Event. Uh, and you know, with the uh, AMA Awards Banquet, uh, Dave Pickett, a good friend of mine, is the uh, legislative action officer for AMA District 36, and we work close on a lot of issues. So he invited myself and a couple, several other people as uh, guests of honor at the awards banquet. And I tell you, I am uh, blown away by the way that uh, AMA District 36 recognizes the accomplishment of their younger writers throughout the classes with the accomplishments that they achieve throughout the uh, competitive cycle of their events throughout the year. It was great to see the uh, outpouring of recreation and uh, support for these uh, young kids who are the future of recreation. Uh, that's uh, excellent, John. Um, and then uh, uh, you talked a little bit about uh, the weather that you encountered uh, on your travels. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, that would happen to be the week that uh, Central California was, uh, and Sacramento area especially, was beset by uh, rainstorms down low, uh, snow on the uh, above the 4,000-foot elevation, and it was just plain colder than I'm used to. You know, the... Uh, here in uh, San Diego County, my home base area, when uh, yeah, nighttime lows will get down to the 40s on occasion, uh, but normally, you know, when nighttime lows are in the 50s, uh, not a problem. But here up in Sacramento that week, uh, the nighttime lows were in the uh, high 30s, low 40s, and the daytime highs were in the low 40s. So that's just uh, you know, and that was until I got up into uh, Grass Valley and up into the mountains from there. When the uh, actually got into a couple of feet of snow on the ground at one po- one point in time, so it was uh, chilly adventure, but it was a lot of fun. 
that's that's terrific. And you also mentioned that uh, uh, you wanted to speak about uh, at least uh, uh, you had one issue in mind, or at least you know one kind of overview of what's happening with public access. Well, the uh, biggest thing with public access right now is there's uh, you know the uh, OHV community is gearing up to uh, push for the renewal of the OHMVR program or the Off Highway Motor Vehicle Recreation Program. Uh, which we've got a couple of years to convince the legislatures that we need the program renewed. Uh, Last time it was renewed was 10 years ago, and we're fighting to get a uh, uh, no-sunset clause in it this year or this time around. And the governor's budget was released about two weeks ago, which calls for another essentially uh, continuing uh, $10 million reduction to the uh, OHMVR program. And uh, we're trying to come up and band together with an argument, get the message out to the uh, state assembly and state uh, state senators that enough is enough. Uh, the recreationists pay money into the program. It's a self-funded program. It takes no money from the general tax revenues, quit rating it to fund state parks and other places that are inefficient and uh, very poorly managed. The OHMVR division is a uh, well-managed program, user-funded program, and it benefits not only the residents of the state of California, but provides OHV opportunity to visitors, which brings in a significant a significant economic boost to the uh, uh, various uh, trails and areas you know, managed by the Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management. So that's overall, it helps the state out, and yet they keep rating it and keep uh, trying to shut the program down. Um, tell me, uh, tell me more about that. Is is there any aspect about this that? Um, uh, a general recreationalist uh, within the state of California, he uses the desert regions on a consistent basis or just even public lands. What, uh, uh, having to do with what you just mentioned, what should we keep our eye on? Well, it's a matter of, uh, you know, keeping your eye on is that uh, the OHMVR program uh, is based off of the uh, registration fees for the green sticker and uh, red sticker registration fees that people pay uh, every two years for their uh, off-road dirt bikes and ATVs and side-by-sides. Then there's also a component of that uh, for entry fees into uh, several of the SVRAs that are set up to charge an entry fee. And then there's a gas tax portion or component of that. In other words, if you use a motor vehicle off of uh, paved roads or county-maintained roads, uh, there is a portion of that fuel usage tax that is uh, dedicated by state law to the OHM VR Trust Fund. And this is what the uh, state is trying to take away from us is that money, which is uh, I, you know, identified to go to the recreation component or to the trails and trail support, uh, that's the point there, the money we're losing. Now, um, what, and, how and, that happens, mm-hmm. 
how that how that really affects the average everyday OHVer. If you are out in the desert lands within uh, so the Southern California deserts, uh, Ridgecrest area, Spangler Hills, uh, Johnson Valley, uh, or the Ranchburg uh, Red Mountain area, or uh, Jawbone Dove Springs area, those lands and those trails are maintained by grant dollars that are donated out to the BLM from the OHMVR Trust Fund. As we find that trust fund being rated, the available amount of grant funding that goes out is reduced, and that has an impact on the trail quality, the trail maintenance operation, and even uh, keeping law enforcement presence there and even keeping a, uh, the places open. Is there any uh, general knowledge or specific uh, knowledge of the exact uh, figures of the amount that has been rated so far? Uh, yes, there is, uh, now looking at over the years now, I, uh, I will say I don't, I do not have those figures directly in front of me right now. Right. That's Uh, all right. We're looking at the, uh, the tune of of over $500 million over the last uh, 20 year time. Um, is it the opinion of, uh, you and your, uh, 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 organizations that this is a willful intentional act. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's it is definitely a willful intentional act. Uh, in fact, the largest raids have come uh, under uh, Jerry Brown, and during the time when the state was in their dire fiscal crisis, uh, and uh, that's where we uh, and subsequent years. Uh, we lost about $300 million within a three-year period of time out of the uh, gas tax, uh, the trust fund account. Uh, and that was the point to say, well, we've, you know, the uh, money was taken from the OHMVR program. Some was put over into the general fund, and, and some of it was then put in to shore up the uh, state parks system, which is still a failing, mismanaged uh, financial debacle. So. Yeah, I'm uh, clear about the, your last point, and uh, I'm I, um, I'm taken aback that this is continuing. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, it's continuing, and uh, <clears throat> we uh, just got word that uh, uh, was Friday that the uh, see these loans when they and and the money is taken in the form of loans and. Loans from one account to another are permitted uh, under, uh, you know, uh, financial stress purposes or, t- or time. So, but the thing that is, is these loans are supposed to be repaid within a two-year time period. We're going on now where the last loan should have been paid off three years ago. It still has not. And uh, as far as our accounting uh we can find no evidence that any of this close to 500 million dollars in loans has ever been paid back into the trust fund you mean from the trust fund yes and uh, the loans that the money trust that fund, we went from the trust fund right um never never been repaid never been repaid is what we can find and uh we are Right now, uh, we just have challenged the uh, state uh, 
finance department uh, with with some data. In fact, it's supposed to be delivered to them today. Uh, so here, here is what we believe the state owes us from loans from the program, and we're asking them to show us where it has been repaid because they say that they're under the impression it's been paid. So, who said that? We're fighting it. Who said it? They think it's been paid. Well, the, the state finance department is uh, is under the impression that the loans have been repaid. What department is that? The state finance department, the ones that the bean counters. Uh huh. They're the ones uh, that uh, account and, and move and uh, build up the governor's budget and uh, appropriate the money out uh, to the appropriate accounts. Well, that's convenient lack of memory. Well, that's what uh, that's what we're finding. So we're uh, we're looking to challenge them uh, to, uh, you know, uh, if you if you're under the impression it's been paid, show us how you received that impression. Mm-hmm. Prove it. Challenge has been issued. But uh, so we've got uh, the rest of this year, and we've got all next year to worry about uh, educating the uh, Assembly and Senate members uh, about the problems with the mismanagement of the parks and the park system and how it is impacting the uh, OGMVR program, which, you know, like I said earlier, it is a completely user-funded program and uh, not dependent upon state tax or state general fund revenues. Yeah, um, that's going to have to be at the top of the heap, John. We're going to have to keep our eyes on that. That's, I'm horrified. I mean, it's shocking to hear. Well, that's yeah. five hundred million. Yeah, uh, that's the uh, hottest topic that I'm uh, dealing with uh, right now, and I have uh, actually accumulated a uh, sizable trove of uh, documentation of where the. OGMVR trust fund has been uh, audited and looked at over the years and where it has been found clean, uh, been a well-managed program, and yet uh, the state parks and other agencies are, are taken to task for uh, not properly supporting the program. So overall, over the years, the OHMVR trust fund has been a model program for financial management and fiscal responsibility. And uh, do you, do, does uh, does your people know? Do your people know uh, how much has been allocated uh, and thrown over to state parks? Uh, yes, we've got uh, pretty good records on that, and and in fact, uh, see one of the one of the other things out of the uh, OHMVR trust fund and the and then the entire program is each county that provides for recreation receives, you know, and a recreation opportunity receives what is termed an in-lieu funding. In other words, if you buy a uh, an off-road vehicle, a dirt bike, or an ATV, or side-by-side, you pay a certain amount of sales tax to it. Well, each county is credited back a certain portion of that sales tax purchase to support the OHV programs that the county manages. By law. By law. Now, mm-hmm. I have I have the numbers, and a lot of this has really started back about 1992, but I have the county-by-county county numbers of the in-lieu uh, funding back to the counties from uh, 1992 to 2000, through 2012. And 
I have been promised I'm waiting for them to be emailed me to the updated numbers to pick up, uh, you know, 2013, 14, and 15. So I can pretty much tell you exactly how much each county receives in the in lieu funding. In have you to that, mm-hmm. in have you seen to, those numbers? I do. Yes, I have them. I have them aggregated out by how much each county uh, has has received over that time. Um, and and these are uh, now. How is it? Uh, what's the terminology when that money goes goes to the counties? Well, it's uh, how is it described? It's described as in lieu funding for OHV opportunities. And it's now by law is that supposed to be that is supposed to be earmarked by each county for that use. Yes. Uh, you know, I, I think you're on to something here, John. Well, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's an argument that uh, several of us have been looking and pushing and, and developing uh, for several years. And it was actually about uh, three years ago when I finally got the first batch of all of the data together and accumulated the data on a county-by-county county report. And... We've been uh, kind of sitting and waiting for, because we know it's going to be important with the renewal of the program coming up. So now it is surfacing again, and uh, as I said, I know that I have, I physically have, and have a report by county of how much they've received from 1992 to 2012. So, um, how is uh, Cal Four Wheel? recommending that you proceed having to do with uh, uh, this uh, funding shortfall and these uh, uh, the California state government ra- uh, continuing to raid these monies? Well, the uh, OHMVR program is very important for all recreation, all forms of OHV recreation in the state, whether you're a dirt bike rider or whatnot that is going to uh, – you know, you pay your registration fees. Now, the four-wheel drive community with street legal vehicles do not pay a uh, registration fee per se for the that goes into the program, but they do burn a lot of gas, so a lot of fuel tax is used for the four-wheel, you know, from the four-wheel drive side of the recreation equation. And this money, by law, is spent only and granted out to the partners, the federal partners being the basically BLM and the Forest Service in order to enhance the recreation opportunities that they provide. All of the Forest Service trails, your BLM uh, trail areas, all of those are funded by these OHMV grants, and those are the ones that uh, four-wheel drive people use, uh, the ATVs, the dirt bikes, and side-by-sides. Everybody uses them. So we all pay into the system. It's a very important part. If we don't have that program, if we don't have that gas funding, you know, that gas tax funding for the program, then we have degraded trails, and nobody likes degraded trails, which lead to closures because of resource damage. Now, the, uh, those uh, monies are earmarked and allocated through the state program. Yes. Yep. And so none of those uh, those those gas monies, as opposed to registration monies, none of those gas monies are being kicked down to the counties. Well, that's 
that's part of the trust fund. That all that all feeds into the trust fund, and a part of that overall trust fund is kicked down to the counties. Plus, any of what's kicked down to the counties, just in the in lieu of funding, is also a, it's another component of the funding that goes out to support the entire recreation program and right. recreation opportunities in the state. Right. Are the counties required to uh, report back to the state or report to anybody how they use those funds? No. We found uh, we have been doing some spot checking and follow up in different places. In some counties, we found that oh yes, we received that money and yes, we really like it and it's been put to good use to uh, help with some of the county issues that they have on OHV activity. Other counties haven't got a clue that they have received it. And one of the things that we have done is we have been able to stop that in lieu of payment to uh, a couple of counties that do not offer any OHV activity. One of those is uh, San Francisco County. What what year did that occur? Well, this uh, 2012 was when we finally got that one. The couple of stopped. No kidding. Yeah. Um that's that's an extremely active uh action. Um who uh who at the state level has the ability to uh make that change effective? Well, that's uh basically through the governor's office. So it's been uh and this is where, you know, over the years uh the uh OHMVR program, I consider that one of the most important series of meetings that I can ever affect a comment on that will be uh, you know, impact the program. So it's just one of those things that I always attend those meetings. I've gotten to become uh, uh, well acquainted with the various commissioners over time and myself and several and uh, a couple of others that, uh, yes, we do make sure that we are we uh, bring up issues to the commission, make sure that the commission is aware of them and provide them full documentation. And in, in uh, general, it's a vote from the commission that goes uh, then goes back through the governor's office, through the uh, Senate pro tem, the Speaker of the Assembly, and those the um, the main points there. And all of a sudden, we can get some changes affected in the uh, in certain activities. So. Truly amazing, and John, we greatly appreciate your reporting. We will continue to follow up uh, with this reporting uh, next week, and um, and of course we'll stay on top of the other uh, off-road uh, access issues. It's not just all about money, but certainly it starts with money. And uh, uh, John, we we not only appreciate your service, but uh, we also appreciate that you're uh, working for the the common average uh, off-road recreation uh, and other recreation uh, recreationalists in the state of California as well as throughout the West. And we know that there's much bigger issues happening on, on uh, the, the, the stage of the West, which we'll get to in uh, subsequent reports throughout 2016. Um, uh, John Stewart, any final wrap-ups and, and where do they get a hold of you at? Well, you can get a hold of me uh, through uh, my email, jstewart at mac.com, or uh, contact me through the listing on my website, 404Wire. I have contact information readily available there. Uh, if you have an issue that you or a question, uh, 
feel free to drop me an email. I, if I don't know the answer, I can find an answer for you. Absolutely. No question about it. Uh, John Stewart, recreational specialist uh, here on Off-Road Live. This is Monster Mike and the Baja Crew. Off-Road Live continue next. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mike. We'll be talking to you next week. You bet. See you next week here on Off-Road Live. Off-Road Live, Monster Mike, the Baja Crew at the Desert Tower Studios. Hey, it feels good to be back in the digs. We're uh, glad you're on board with us here on Off-Road Live. And, of course, we're here with our friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, and BajaSafari.com. Now we'll get into some of the headlines that we'll be mentioning and getting into in this particular show here in 2000 I can't believe it's 2016 already in fact we're almost we're almost through the first month and also by the way you can uh, always get a hold of us 17244447444 that's 17244447444 and then just hit 85825 pound um, you can also get a hold of us on Pound Off-Road through all your social media, your Twitter, your Facebook, your Instagram. We're reporting today through a couple of sources, of course, our own Off-Road Live. And we'll also go and get some uh, headlines from Baja Racing News dot com today because uh, they have some breaking stories and of course we'll report on that uh several of the stories over there uh we're actually reporting on those for them and then inserting the stories through their editor over there at baja racing news uh official live super parker 425 update casey folks has admitted his press release on the famed 2016 super parker 425 desert off-road race contains some bogus information. Here's the quote, the Best in the Desert Racing Association will not be starting two at a time in Group 2. Only Group 1 will be starting two at a time out at the Parker Python. Group 2, which is trick trucks, etc., will be one at a time racing down the main street, just like in the past. The obvious legal and safety issues prevent the hamlet of Parker, Arizona from allowing drag racing down Main Street Two at a time, side by side, unquote. Imagine Robbie Gordon and Pete Soren side by side racing in downtown Hickville. Thankfully, it won't happen because with Robbie's anger issues and Pete's eyesight, they'll end up in a hair-pulling bitch fest. And then they won't be banned merely from the casino. They'll be banned from the entire county. Off-Road Live, and the Desert Tower Studios, in the Big Bad Desert. We're going to have more headlines up next. And just think, 
If you're a Baja Trophy truck racer, be ready to be insulted. Studios, we are live with you right now. All right, let's get to some of the racing headlines. And of course, we're uh, we're working with BajaRacingNews.com to uh, uh, get this information out to you. Remember, just a short time ago, uh, last month, December. Monster Energy athlete B.J. Baldwin of Las Vegas said in an exclusive interview that he would be no longer entering in SCORE International Series. Except for maybe the 500,000. All, you know, of course, the race is owned by and operated by Roger Norman. The San Felipe event seems to be happening. But in one of the 
recent San Felipe events run by SCORE, B.J. Baldwin was leading, but because of failed race communications by SCORE, Baldwin never received the important race instructions to finish the race within the new adjusted rules. So in the interview, he said, I'll run the 500,000 in 16, but I won't run the entire series, unquote. Now, that's huge because at the time, Monster Energy was, was a big sponsor. Well, they're only a supporting sponsor in 2016. So it explains a lot of what's happening with the series, the organization, and some of the repercussions uh, about what's happening in the desert racing community. Associated with this story, we did not know at the time, was the death at race mile 436 at the 2015 Baja 1000. Mango Racing's Chelsea Magnus team suffered a loss in that event, and the background story is finally coming out. Uh, Some of the folks involved in the events are talking, but they're talking off the record, and there is a crisis amongst the trophy truck teams having to do with this event, this incident. And the way it comes about is that the driver of the Banning Motorsports truck that struck and killed the, the co-dog from Mango Racing was picked up and taken into the Hooskow, and it was required to bail him out to the tune of, according to sources, $30,000 American cash. Frog skins, dead presidents, on the barrelhead. At which time, one of the other team's choppers was dispatched to head to the United States from Mexico and go fetch the bail money to get the driver out of jail. But then it even gets worse after that. Even when the bail becomes paid... Apparently, there's a conflict between the amount paid and the amount going to be refunded to the payee. So, Banning Motorsports now is in a heated discussion with SCORE and with individuals within Mango Racing that it has now become such a contentious controversy having to do with the bail money and teams now afraid that they can be taken in and held for bail money, cash, in Mexico at the score races, that there is a lack of confidence that Score International can pull these events off without any kind of extracurricular action on the part of the racing teams to try to bail out their teammates and the score racers in trophy truck class are panicking. We have reports from numerous teams 
people within those organizations that are telling us the behind-the-scenes discussions of what it's really going to take to race and score, and a lot of the teams are not having it. There are not going to be any announcements from the teams about what they're not going to do or what they are going to do having to do with this crisis, but there are teams that are panicking that they are not going to race in SCORE International at all anymore because, as has been discussed for many years, even before Oscar Ramos died and even before Roger Norman purchased SCORE, it was commonly known you better have about thirty to $50,000 liquid and ready to bail out teammates just in case they get in a scrape in Mexico. This is the exact reason why myself and several others organized an additional level of support for racing teams 10 years ago and I introduced those services to Oscar Ramos at the Dust of Glory after party because we knew a day of reckoning was coming. A day when something was going to happen that it would break the bank and it would damage the confidence of the racers. It is very possible that that occurred during this recent Baja 1000. Because there is a crisis behind the scenes. The racers are panicking. And to be quite honest with you, I do have to admit, I'm not surprised that some of the penny annies in the trophy truck class are not going to return to Mexico. Not a surprise, at least for me. And the reason why nobody's talking about it in public, they don't want to expose themselves for being scared. That is a fact. And that's the only thing that explains any of this. Because if they didn't know about the risk before they went out down there, and they now realize what the risk is, and they, they possibly could need to make a large cash payment to get one of their teammates out of the who's cow? Who's been living in fantasy land? Who's been ignoring the real risks? We're going to find out. Because when they don't sign up for this year's races and they don't show up for contingency and the green flag at the 500, we're going to find out who the wussies are aren't we? And I do want to remind everybody that when the bike was stolen at the recent Baja 500, maybe one or two years ago, and I called Roger Norman up and I told him that, you know, people are, you know, upset that this guy got his bike stolen, in particular the guy who got his bike stolen, Roger laughed it off. Hey, you got to be prepared for losses like that. That's what Baja racing is all about. And then, of course, they, they trumpet how dangerous it is to race in Mexico. The most dangerous racing in the world. It comes up in their communications all the time, in their public press releases. 
They're public emanations. They're proud of it. So, you know, guess what the word is from, from the world, trophy truck teams? Buck up. If you can't race in Baja and put up with it, you can't take the risk, shut your trapper. Let's get into the next headline of desert racing in Baja, Mexico, and the United States here on Off-Road Live. The Mint 400 Fraud, the inside story of shenanigans, desert racing's official cheating. The inside story is simple. Best in the Desert Racing claimed to be an association, but in Nevada, organized crime is an association has a vendor that refuses to meet the minimum performance standards needed to, you know, accomplish its compensated duties. The pileup are races that end up being questioned for false racing results. In the 2015 Mint 400, so many racers had trackers that didn't work. Best in the Desert stopped answering questions of members of its association. And then, you know, when they call them up, they oh, call call up IRC. You call them directly, see what they tell you. Well, the vendor in question admitted at the time, the day of the race, that their software system failed. And it didn't even have enough trackers for the racers during the event to go around. Yes, there were racers out on the course without trackers. What does that tell you, people? The vendor then talks out his arse about, oh, there's no issues occurred during these races that it was hired to provide services for. We're looking forward to next year and all the money we can make. Actual quote from the vendor at the time. Casey Folks has allowed this vendor to lie, cheat, and steal from its association for years. Off-Road Live has so many complaints from racers over the years, it's the clearest Official cheating in the history of the sport. Off-Road Live calls shenanigans. It's official tonight, right now. Shenanigans. In the 50 years of desert racing, no bigger effing ripoff has ever topped the Mint 400 fraud. The 2015 event had serious consequences, including crippling racers' injuries, which, by the way, oh, you know, where did that information go on Race Desert? Oh, it's gone. Oh, there, there was nobody hurt or injured at that racing event. Oh, no. A race stoppage and Robbie Gordon and Mexican champion Lopez claiming the race results were a BS at the time. As soon as they got to the finish line, this is a shitter. They said it right there. It's bullshit. 
right then and there. Casey Folks has now fully ignored the racers' complaints as we approach the 2016 events, while the racers of its association get reamed for another racing season. Off-Road Live is watching and reporting closely this season for race-related injuries resulting from the fraud perped by Best in the Desert and Casey Folks. Also following here at Off-Road Live, the proceedings from the embarrassing Robbie Gordon incident that occurred on the final transit in the Dakar 2016. We're not expecting to hear anything from Robbie Gordon Off-Road Motorsports because usually what happens in these situations is everybody hunkers down and hopes it'll all blow over. Right or wrong? Call in, talk to us about it. Send us a message. Pound off-road. You know it's true. Every Monday, 4 West, 7 East. And remember, on BajaRacingNews.com, the live San Felipe 250, KingOfBaja.com presents the live event February 25th through the 28th. That event will be live online. As well as the upcoming King of Baja Los Bariles 300 live from Southern Baja. February 6th and 7th in just a matter of days. And, of course, upcoming very soon. In fact, uh, get ready. It's uh, just about to happen. But we are crossing our fingers that uh, the event duel in the desert at Barstow this Saturday goes off nice and clean and our Best wishes for Snore and more in the Barstow event. Duel in the Desert this Saturday, January 30th. And on Friday, we'll have a special live program here on Off-Road Live. Tune in during contingency for the event here on Off-Road Live. We will be live from Barstow.
Road Live every Monday for West 7 East. Live events as they occur. And as mentioned, the Super Parker 425 coming up February 4th through 7th, all live on Off-Road Live. Next Monday will be the kickoff to race week for the Super Parker 425. Parker, Arizona's own huge CF, the Super Parker 425, live here on Off-Road Live. With our friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, and BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja. This is Monster Mike. We're live from the Desert Tower Studios. The Baja crew's here in the big, bad desert. a brief look at the uh, balance of the schedule in the next couple of weeks. You've heard all the uh, race coverage that we'll be providing, uh, both at BajaRacingNews.com and Off-Road Live here online, and of course reported across the nation to Fox Sports, ESPN, and when deaths occur, reported directly to the Associated Press. Yeah, how do you think people find out about this, this stuff? It gets reported directly to either L.A.'s uh, AP or Mexico City. Directly. Uh-huh. Now, in the big bad desert, the duel in the desert this Friday. Now, it's showing up as 10, but I'm not sure exactly when contingency kicks off there in Barstow. Stay tuned. Then, of course, next Monday, the Super Parker 425 race week kickoff. Who's going to die at the Parker Hill Billy Clusterfuck? And then Friday, February 5th, 10 o'clock, we'll be live in Los Barriles. That's Southern Baja. It's on the Sea of Cortez. Somebody's got to do it. And we're just the team to do it. The Los Barriles 300, live from Mexico. And then, of course, Saturday, February 6th at 5 a.m., the Super Parker 425, live from Arizona here on Off-Road Live. Now, remember, the Daytona 500 online special is coming up, the Super Bowl down at the Cabo Safari Resort. And, of course, on the beach, live on the beach next month in February, we'll all be live here on Off-Road Live. Oh, yeah, and that little thing, the San Felipe 250. Yeah, we'll cover that. What is that, the eighth or ninth year in a row online? Yep, right here live on BajaRacingNews.com. Who else is going to cover it? Really? Who's going to tell you the real deal? Nobody. Nobody but Off-Road Live. Thanks for tuning in every Monday, 4 West, 7 East, 
This is Monster Mike signing off. Monday, 4 West, 7 East. Safari.com, the king of Baja.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.